Welcome to Live, Laugh, Talk. I'm your host, James Graham, and it's a privilege to be in your ear, even though I'm back with the hoarse voice again. Can you believe it? In this episode, we will begin with a topic entitled History and Present Understanding of Hoodies. Then we will transition to our segment, How Do We Get Here?, followed by our Hobbies and Special Interest section, and then conclude with our Sunflower Message. If you have some ideas or maybe a concern that you heard on the show that you'd like to discuss, please email us at adminlivelaughtalk.com. In addition, if you're listening on Spotify, you can add a voice memo as well as comments and participate in our poll. Also, wherever it is that you listen to the podcast, please follow us so that you're notified of the new episodes when they're released. The topic that we will begin with is entitled History and Understanding of Hoodies. As I volunteer at a school that allows students to wear hoodies, but they're not allowed to raise the hood part while in classrooms or walking through hallways, I got to wondering about what does the hoodie stand for with our young people? Is it just a fashion statement or is it more than that? You see, because I see our young people, they will wear the hoodie in 85 degree weather. They love them. And I have to admit that they look rather sharp. But is it more than fashion? I've come to believe that it's a symbolism of the times. I believe that our youths may be on to something something that we possibly didn't even think about. But throughout our time of seeing the hoodies, we've seen them rise in popularity. But we've also seen the controversy that has come up around them. And it's that that we want to talk about, but it's also what we want to understand about wearing a garment with a hood. You see, hoodies have a history and present understanding that reflects both their practicality and their symbolism in popular culture. Early hooded garments have existed for centuries. The hood was originally designed for practical purposes, offering protection from the elements, especially in cold and rainy weather. Hooded cloaks, for example, were used throughout history. The modern hooded sweatshirt, or hoodie as we know it today, emerged in the early 20th century. It was initially created as workwear for laborers in cold environments, providing warmth and protection. When we look at it presently, hoodies have evolved beyond their utilitarian origins and are now a popular fashion item. They're known for their comfort, versatility, and casual style. Hoodies are worn by people of all ages for various occasions. They're often used in sports and active wear, providing warmth and moisture properties that, that make many people want them as athletic brands can't produce enough. They're designed for workouts and, and outdoor, outdoor activities and all such things. When we look at it with our youths, it has become a strong association with their culture and street wear. They're often used as a canvas for graphic designs, logos, slogans, allowing the wearer to express their identity 
and interests. Yet, they have been the subject of controversy and stereotyping. In some instances, they have been associated with criminal activity or used as a symbol of rebellion. We can think back to 2012 with a sad and tragic shooting of Trayvon Martin. He was wearing a hoodie and that brought attention to racial profiling and sparked the Hoodies for Trayvon movement. Hoodies have become used as symbols in various social and political movements, such as the Million Hoodie March in response to Trayvon Martin's death. They are sometimes seen as a symbol of solidarity and a call for justice. The fashion industry can't get enough. They've embraced the hoodie, even making hoodies a part of suit jackets. This has led to a wide range of styles, from the basic pullover hoodie to the more luxurious, tailored versions. And they're considered to be gender neutral, worn by people of all genders, breaking away from traditional gender norms and fashion. And what has been their cultural impact? Well, they've made their way, as we mentioned, right into popular culture. From iconic movie characters like Rocky Balboa to musicians and celebrities who wear them as part of their personal style. Yes, they have a rich history that begin with practicality and protection from the elements, but have evolved into a versatile symbolic garment in the modern culture. They represent comfort, fashion, youth culture, and even social and political statements, making them a significant piece of clothing with a diverse range of meanings and associations. The modern hoodie often incorporates innovative materials and design features. They could be made from various fabric blends, including performance materials and moisture wicking properties. They've blurred the lines between workplace attire and casual wear. While they may not be appropriate in formal office settings, they're commonly seen in creative and tech industries as a form of relaxed yet professional attire. Hoodies are frequently used as canvases, as we mentioned earlier. They can have a, a band's name, a sports team. We've even seen a very popular coach who's, name, who's known, football coach, who's known for his hoodie with the cutoff sleeves. The online gaming community and the internet culture likes it for the concept of anonymity. Gamers and internet users may use hoodies as a part of their online personas or avatars, emphasizing the idea of hidden or masked identities. And haven't we seen them in anime? So many characters wear hoodies. They're more of a, a type of garment that can go across all types of brands, from the most common brands to, as we mentioned, very luxurious ones. But now we see them incorporated into all types of different wear. They're versatile. They can be dressed up or dressed down. They wear with jeans, leggings, or even with high heel shoes. Yes, the perception and use of hoodies can vary by region and cultural context. In some places, hoodies may carry more positive connotations, while in others, they may be associated with negative stereotypes. But let's get back to our children in school. The particular school that I volunteer will not allow a student to walk the hallways with that hoodie raised. 
Now, what's odd is there are things that I consider to be against the dress code that the educators and the administration won't even touch some garments that you know, allow those who are in middle school to dress in a way that is beyond their age. Yet, it's allowed. But the hoodie in a raised position is not. What is all of that about? As we've mentioned, they've evolved over time. They've transitioned from practical workwear all the way to contemporary fashion and culture. So why not allow this? Another question that I have is, can a hoodie provide psychological support? I believe it to be true. I was in a classroom and there was an educator who was having a deep conversation with a student. The student began to get sort of embarrassed. It was a, a lot of information that that educator was providing. And it was correction. As the educator went on to, to talk, we began to see the hoodie come up. Yes, that student was using that hoodie as a way of comfort. Kind of like you remember on Peanuts when Linus had his blanket. It was his comfort item. Well, we can see that student like a turtle raising that hoodie up and also closing it in to the point that you could only see his eyes. And the teacher allowed it because he recognized it had psychological significance. Yes, hoodies are known for their comfort, their coziness. They, they're usually soft and they give a sense of physical comfort and security. So this can be especially beneficial during times of stress or anxiety. The hood of a hoodie can be pulled up to obscure one's face, as I mentioned. This young man raised it to the point of, of a turtle. It gave him a degree of privacy and solitude because he began to feel ashamed by what his educator was bringing out. It gave him a sense of comfort. It gave him even personal space. Also, possibly a sense of detachment from his surroundings, from his educator, as he may have seen it coming down on him. Also, they can give a sense of belonging. Yes, the hoodies with logos, or team emblems, or designs can create a sense of belonging and identity. Wearing one with your favorite team, your sports team, or your band, or community can boost feelings of connection and camaraderie. Also, personalized hoodies with unique designs, artwork, or slogans allow individuals to express their individuality and creativity. The self-expression can boost self-esteem and a sense of self-worth. And what about in harsh environments? Well, yes, they can protect individuals from harsh weather conditions, such as wind and rain. The feeling of being shielded from the elements can reduce stress and discomfort. The act, the very act of wearing a hoodie can be a soothing ritual for some individuals. As mentioned with our young man, that physical sensation of pulling that hoodie up and creating a cocoon, a cocoon like environment can help regulate emotions and provide a sense of calm. For some people with sensory sensitivities, they can serve as a form of sensory regulation. It can block out excessive visual or auditory stimuli, helping that individual feel more in control of their sensory experiences. And as we mentioned with our gamers, 
concealment of one's face can provide a sense of anonymity, which can boost confidence in certain situations. People may feel more empowered to express themselves or engage in social activities when they have a degree of anonymity. They're so versatile. They could be worn in various settings. And that allows individuals to feel comfortable and confident in different contexts, from a casual hangout with friends to a low-key work environment. It's important to note that the psychological support provided by wearing hoodies, it can be highly individual. Different people may have different reasons for finding comfort and support in this type of clothing. Overall, hoodies can serve as a form of self-care and emotional regulation for many individuals, helping them navigate the challenges and stresses of daily life. See, I go back and I think about that with the young people. Has anyone ever brought that to the attention of the administrators or the educators? That psychologically, this garment can help some individuals who can't really express themselves in that way. They can't tell how they're feeling, but we can see through that garment that they're being comforted. One young man I know, he wears it right over his ears. Like it just comes up halfway his head. And it could be an auditory thing, but nobody asks the question. They just say, take it off. Well, the next time we see a young person in a hoodie, let's not prejudge. Just as we wouldn't prejudge someone with a raincoat, thinking that, oh, well, they got that raincoat on, they must be hiding a weapon. That hoodie could be self-expression, could be for warmth, or it could be to soothe the individual, giving them a sense of comfort. And let's realize, it's now a fashion staple. It's not going anywhere anytime soon. So we might as well get used to it and get to the point that when we see our young people in the hoodie, again, let's not judge. Let's appreciate that this individual has found something that a lot of us may have not found. He's found something to not only bring him comfort in his fashion statement, but also bring him comfort in his state of mind. What's happened to common courtesy? Yes, common courtesy. And when I say that, I'm talking about politeness, respect, and consideration for others. Yes, it can vary in its practice and perception over time, different cultural contexts. Yet, there should be a line of common decency and courtesy, no matter what those differences are culturally. Now, is it because of the rise of technology and social media? Is that the reason why people have changed the way they communicate? See, while it has made it easier to connect with others, it has also led to decline in face-to-face -face interactions, which can impact the practice of common courtesy. Is it because modern life is often fast-paced and stressful? Maybe that can lead to people being less patient and more focused on their own needs and desires, potentially reducing their consideration for others. Just recently, I was in a department store, and a young lady around her 30s walked up with her cart. I was standing there, and if I didn't slide to the left, 
she would have just walked right into it with the car. No excuse me, no decency, no common courtesy. Now, some can say that it's cultural differences, that what is considered courteous can vary from culture to culture. And as societies become more diverse, it began to become important to understand and respect different cultural norms. Now, I don't know how much I buy into any of that. The technology, the pace of life, the cultural differences. People seem to be rude. Maybe it's home training. I don't know. But I do know that there's no way that an adult in her 30s should be able to just run over somebody in an aisle and think that's acceptable. (laughs) Social and political divides can lead to a polarization and a lack of courtesy in discussion and debates. We've seen that. Back in the day, you used to could have a civil conversation with somebody. Maybe you talked about a subject that was controversial. Not anymore. Now those who have differing viewpoints are less civil than they used to be. You'll see people ready to fight, folks yelling and shouting at each other. Even on television, on talk shows, debate shows, they go way over the edge, kicking over tables, throwing chairs. I've seen over time the traditional rules of etiquette. They have just been de-emphasized or disregarded altogether. So then how can we expect people to be courteous in formal settings or informal settings if we don't even have rules of etiquette? As people continue to want personal freedom and focus on themselves, they no longer care about others. We're given a command there in the scriptures to love thy neighbor like thyself. Do people do that? Have you noticed anyone loving you or treating you as they wish to be treated? No. You see, what we have done is we have taken away all rules of etiquette. We've taken away anything, whether it's scriptural or whatever else, that could apply to us being a better person. And we've just shoved all that to the side. We don't even want to talk about that. So we allow people to just act any kind of way. <laughs> and when we talk about acting any kind of way, do people have role models? Does that 30-year-old lady, does she have a parent or somebody who is her role model? Oftentimes, these people don't. They're, they're role models, their parents, their, their aunts, uncles, or whoever, the older ones, the elders in their family are probably just as rude as they are. You know, we have to promote etiquette and courtesy through education and awareness. When these children are in school, we should teach them, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, whatever etiquette that could come about. Also, it happens, it should happen at home, within the family and their upbringing. Common courtesy should begin at home because families play a crucial role in teaching and instilling values of respect teaching politeness, and teaching consideration in their members. Yet the level of courtesy one experiences at home can negatively impact their behavior in society if it's not happening at home. There needs to be small acts of kindness. We should teach that. Small acts of kindness and courtesy can have a a ripple effect in society. I was speaking to a personal friend the other day and he was at a fair here and there was a gentleman having a difficult time 
in his wheelchair getting through a door. And my friend, his wife, opened the door and my friend assisted in pushing the gentleman in his wheelchair. The gentleman thanked them so much. You see, that's acts of kindness, opening doors for others, saying please, thank you, offering assistance when needed. All of these are simple yet powerful ways to promote common courtesy. And communities that are close-knit, they often look out for one another and practice these things. But as we see these bigger communities, as we see small cities growing astronomically over time, some of these things just may go right out the window. Yet, I have seen in times of crisis, when there's natural disasters or health emergencies, that communities often come together and they have a heightened sense of courtesy and mutual support. It seems to be then that we see human capacity for empathy and compassion. Yet, when they're in their regular day-to-day lives, nobody seems to think about it. Practicing common courtesy starts with each individual, each individual being mindful of one's behavior and how it affects others and actively choosing to be courteous. Yes, this makes a significant difference in daily interactions. We need more in our movies, our media, our television, social media. We need more promotion of common courtesy, positive portrayals of courteous behavior can serve as examples for viewers and readers. We need to see this in our leaders. Too many times in political debates and in other ways, they do not an example of modeling respectful and courteous behavior. They create environments where common courtesy is no longer encouraged and valued. And that's sad. When your leaders are not courteous, well, what do you expect those underlings to be? In conclusion, common courtesy remains a valuable social norm that contributes to respectful and harmonious interactions among people. While there may be challenges to practice it today in this fast-paced world and diverse society, individuals and communities can work together to promote and uphold common courtesy, fostering a more polite and considerate world because the one that we in definitely is not which causes us to ask ourselves, how did we get here? Nature walks as a hobby offer numerous benefits and opportunities for enjoyment. One is able to connect with nature. They allow you to look at the natural world fostering a sense of appreciation for the beauty and tranquility of the outdoors. Walking is a low-impact exercise that promotes physical health. It provides an opportunity to improve cardiovascular fitness, strengthen muscles, and maintain overall well-being. Also, Spending time in nature has been shown to reduce stress, anxiety, and depression. Nature walks offer a therapeutic escape from the demands of daily life. I know there's parts of the mountains that I like to go to, the Cherokee Mountains, as a matter of fact. And I go on those nature walks. I find myself not only connecting with nature, 
but feeling a oneness with myself. Yes, it, it gets me away from all of the anxiety that the world can provide for, for me or against me, I should say. They encourage mindfulness as you focus on the sights, sounds, and sensations of the environment, which can produce relaxation and mental clarity. Nature offers a variety of landscapes, ecosystems, and wildlife. They allow you to explore and discover new plants, animals, and terrain. And then if you are a photographer, yes, your creative expression can come through. Capturing the beauty of the outdoors can be a rewarding artistic pursuit. Nature walks can also be a social hobby. Sharing your experience with friends, family, or fellow enthusiasts can enhance your enjoyment and create lasting memories. Spending time in our nature can foster environmental awareness and encourage responsible conservation practices, can deepen your understanding of the natural world and the importance of preserving it. Also, the seasonal variation is what I love. As the landscapes change with the seasons, you can witness the beauty of spring blossoms, summer greenery, fall foliage, and winter serenity. They provide an opportunity to unplug from our screens and immerse ourselves in the real world, a refreshing break from the digital demands of modern life. Nature walks can take you to picturesque locations such as forests, mountains, beaches, parks, and nature reserves. These settings often give breathtaking views and the chance to appreciate the wonders of the natural world. Yet there are the educational opportunities as they can provide insight into ecology, geology, and biology. Many parks and trails have informative signage or guided tours. And yet, they're accessible to people of all ages and fitness levels. They can be tailored to individual preferences, from leisurely strolls to more challenging hikes. <laughs> and participating in nature walks can foster a sense of community, as there are often local clubs or groups dedicated to outdoor exploration. Overall, nature walks are a hobby that offers a holistic experience, promoting physical health, mental well-being, creativity, and a deeper connection with the natural world. Whether you're an experienced hiker or someone looking to spend more time outdoors, this hobby can be both enjoyable and rewarding. Our sunflower message is to realize that we live in times of uncertainty and challenges. So it's essential to hold on to hope. And in doing that, we must remember that challenges are temporary. The difficulties that we face today are just temporary. Just as night turns into day, tough times will pass and brighter days will come. Resilience is our strength. Yes, we've overcome hardships before, proving our resilience. We have the inner strength 
to face what comes our way. Always remember that we're not alone. Reach out to friends, family, or professionals for support. People care about your well-being and are ready to help. Adversity often provides valuable lessons. We can emerge from challenges wiser, stronger, and more compassionate. Our dreams and goals are worth pursuing. Even in difficult times, progress is possible. Keep your aspirations alive. And as we spoke of in our earlier segment, small acts of kindness can bring joy to others and lift spirits. So find opportunities to help somebody in need. Also, we talked about nature's beauty. Yes, the beauty of nature is a source of solace and inspiration. Spend time outdoors if possible and appreciate the wonders of the natural world. You know, also, unexpected opportunities can emerge during difficult times. So stay open to the possibilities that they may arise. The light within you, your spirit, and your resilience can guide you through the darkest moments. And believe, know, know that hope fuels the belief that better days are on the horizon. Keep your faith in a brighter future. Hope is not a passive state. It's a motivating force. It inspires action and positive change. No matter the circumstances, hope can lead you forward, helping you navigate life's challenges and discover new possibilities. On Cash App at dollar sign Live Laugh Talk, Twitter at Live Laugh Talker, you can donate to the podcast. Also, on every platform now, you can hit support. And while you're listening, you can go ahead and make a donation because any and every dollar is appreciated. And remember to rate us the highest on your podcast platform and tell your friends, tell everybody about us. And despite the, the harsh voice, please remember to go onto Etsy and search How Do We Get Here for merchandise such as coffee mugs, tote bags, hats, and t-shirts. This is James and George's baby boy signing up. And as you know, I can't wait to talk with you again soon.